Tafaddal Kalam. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Christos Anesti. Be Christos Aftomf. Christ is risen. Tonight we celebrate the glorious feast of the Holy Resurrection. It is the feast of feasts because in this feast, our Lord, He conquered death. The Lord is risen. And truly He is risen. The Lord is alive. And that's why the angel was wondering, why are you seeking the living among the dead? If God is dead, if God is dead, dead, live as you want. Or as St. Paul says, if the dead do not rise, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Live as you want to. But our God is not dead. Our God is alive. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And yesterday I spoke to you about how the death of Christ profits us. And if the death of Christ profited us, how much more does the resurrection profit us? St. Paul, he says in the the Pauline epistle today, he said, If Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. But we know that our faith is not futile. Our faith is powerful. Our faith can move mountains. Because our Lord conquered death. Who could conquer death? Because our Christ is alive. He is alive. And that's why tonight, I'm going to speak about three fruits of the resurrection in our life. The first fruit of the resurrection in our life is that Jesus is with us. Jesus is with us. He is among us. That's why in the hymn we say, Emmanuel is now in our midst. Emmanuel is now in our midst. The resurrection is a slap in the face to atheism Because Jesus rose from the dead and is alive and is among us So how can you say God doesn't exist If someone is standing You don't exist when you're standing in front of me God is alive So there is no way that we could say that God doesn't exist If someone says God doesn't exist He must be mad He must be blind Because God is alive. But even though we are not atheists, sometimes we feel that God is not in our midst. We feel like God is absent from our life. We feel that God does not see us. And actually, proof of this is that every time we sin is usually because we don't feel the presence of God in our life. Like imagine with me a little kid uh, Stealing from the cookie jar He's not going to steal from the cookie jar in front of his parents He only steals from the cookie jar when No one is looking When no one's looking And similarly If we do not live in the presence of God Very easy If we don't feel that Christ is among us Is living with us Very easy to sin But if we realize that Christ is always in our midst, that Christ is right next to us, I think we would live very, very differently. 
if we realize that we are living with the saints and with the angels, how our life would be so different. Our Lord is alive and He is with us. So we should live differently. Nathaniel believed in the Lord Jesus because Nathaniel realized there's only one little sentence that the Lord said to Nathaniel. He realized that Jesus saw him under the fig tree. Nathaniel thought he was by himself, but he was not by himself. Jesus was with him. And one of the things that struck me in the readings of Revelation last night is when our Lord was speaking to the seven churches. I was shocked by how the Lord, He mentioned certain people in each church, like in some churches. He would mention people by name. He referred to one of Jezebel in the church of Thyatira. There was someone who was committing sin in the church. He mentioned him by name. This woman is, 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 is sinning and causing a lot of people to commit sexual immorality. He called her by name. And then, in the church of Pergamos, he mentioned a name, a person named Antipas. And Antipas is supposed, is supposed to be an early bishop in the church who was very viciously martyred. And what's interesting is in Revelation chapter 2, the Lord says, I know your works where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. Pergamos was like center of idol worshipping, lots of pagan temples. And the Lord says, I know your works and where you dwell. That's where Satan's throne is. And you hold fast my name and did not deny my faith even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr who was killed among you where Satan dwells. Look among all the evil, the Lord sees the righteousness of this man. He's with him. You might say, this place is so evil, but God is, is present. He knows what's going on there. In the last sentence of the Gospel of St. Matthew, our Lord says, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. That's why St. Paul says, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. Christ is always with us. This is the first, fir first fruit of the resurrection, that God is always with us. Even in difficult times, God is with us in times of danger. And His presence makes a big difference. He's not just looking from afar and absent from us. No, he is actively working in the life of a Christian. That's why the psalmist says, Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. And He is comforting us, advocating us, advocating for us to the Father. Praying for us the way He prayed for St. Peter. Remember, He said to St. Peter, Satan has asked to sift you by weeds. So our Lord is always praying for us. Never doubt the presence of the Lord. The second fruit of the resurrection is that we have new life. We have new life, a new nature. We become a new being. Christ now lives in me. St. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. 
When someone purchases a home, the first thing they do is they make it their own. They put new furniture. They put their pictures. They transform the home to make it them, like to reflect their personality. I feel that Christ comes into us and He starts to reform us, to transform us little by little. Just as someone who lives in the gym, they will see transformation to their their body. No one goes to the gym consistently and doesn't see results. But if you live in the gym and you work, you'll see transformation to your body. And similarly, when Christ comes to live within us, we will see transformations to our body. My mind will become the mind of Christ. My hands will become the hands of Christ. My heart will become the heart of Christ. My lips will become the lips of Christ. Our body will become a temple of the Holy Spirit. My body will be a church. My body becomes an altar. Our bodies become a place of worship. Our bodies are a place where we should sacrifice to God and to each other. Each one of us should have this type of body. Into you have this type of body that your body is a place of worship for God or your body is for other things, for the pleasures of the flesh. Your body is for the worship of God. I wonder what type of body we have. What Are we in the body of Christ? Are we from the lineage, lineage of Christ? Or are we from the lineage of Adam? Our Lord Jesus Christ said, By this all will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you love one another, then they will know you are my disciple. There's an excerpt from a Coptic historian, Iris Habib al-Masri. I love this woman. She says that when Christianity came into Egypt, she said everybody became Christian. Why did everybody become Christian so fast? And Christianity took over Egypt so rapidly. She said, I love this quote, Soon many, many Alexandrians adopted the new faith, and as their numbers grew, the authorities became alarmed. For the converts not only increased in number, but their conversion changed them so completely that they seemed as new people. And their newness was very attractive. And the means of winning more people to the faith. So truthful, so honest, so contented that they, they become. Did you see those three qualities? So honest, so truthful, so contented that they become. Any pagan, Smaudi, any pagan behaving in an upright manner would be asked, Did you meet a Christian today? Implying that even an encounter with a Christian was incentive for a man to change his mode of life. This is the power of resurrection. A simply an encounter with a Christian can cause a man to change his way of life. Because our bodies become witnesses to the resurrection. Our bodies become witnesses to a change. One confession that I make, and I hope each one of you makes is, is your body a witness to the resurrection? When people, they look at your body, do they see the resurrected Christ? Do they see the love of Christ in you? 
St. Paul, he was very concerned about this topic. He says, I don't want to preach to the people and give sermons and go to everywhere. And then at the end, I become disqualified. Our Lord said, not everyone who says, Lord, 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 will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does, the will of God. This is a, a call for each Christian to reflect the resurrection in their body. The third fruit of the resurrection, and this is the best one, is that the resurrection takes away my sorrow. The resurrection takes away my sorrow. No longer is it possible to live in sorrow or distress. When the two disciples were walking on the road to Emmaus, they were very sad. They were very sad. And the Lord appeared to them and said, What kind of conversation is that you have with one another as you walk and are so sad? The Lord wanted to know, Why are you guys so sad? And then he walked with them, and by walking with them, and breaking bread with them, he made them so joyful. Our Lord said, therefore you have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. So if Lord, the Lord is saying, you will have joy, and no one will take away your joy, then why are you sad? Why are you sorrowful? I realized why everyone should be joyful. This is not like a nice to have or something that is only for certain people. No, this is for every Christian. This is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's joy. The psalmist says weeping can be for the evening, but joy is in the morning. Joy has to be for everyone. Into happy? Into joyful? Finish joy. The secret to the joy is that our Lord Jesus Christ, He says in His priestly prayer in John 17, He says, but, I, but now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in, in them. That I'm, my joy will be fulfilled in them. So the joy that we have in the resurrected, in our body, is not our joy. It is actually the joy of Christ. So each person has the joy of Christ in them. How can someone have the joy of Christ in them and be sorrowful? How? Explain that to me. I don't know. I don't get it. Imagine with me, someone, he wins the lottery. And he becomes like very extremely, extremely, extremely wealthy. And then a bunch of people around him, they start suing him. And each one sues him for like uh, a couple thousand dollars here and there. One thousand, two thousand, three thousand, whatever. This guy is rich though. Is he going to be bothered... Someone asking him for a few pennies here and there? Would he be bothered by it? He wouldn't be bothered because these are little pennies and he has so much richness in him. Or he has so many riches. So even if someone takes a a dollar, uh, a few pennies here, a little sickness here, a little heartbreak, none of this compares to the joy that Christ has given us. We have sorrow because we forget the joy that Christ has. 
and that the joy that we are supposed to have in Christ. We forget that we are sons of God. We forget that we are heirs of the kingdom. And we start thinking about worldly possessions and the stuff that Abuna Anthony spoke about yesterday. One of the hallmarks of the Christian life is that into Mufrut to be. Supposed to be joyful. Joyful. And no one can take away your joy. No one can take away your joy. The resurrection teaches us that God is always with us. He is with us. He abides with us. He lives with us. Not only is He with us, He is in us. He is transforming my body each and every day. I do the will of God. I'm becoming a little bit more and more in shape. And He has taken away my sorrow. No longer can I have sorrow for the things of this world. I will live in, in joy of the resurrection. I want to tell you, being and glory be to God forever. Amen.